It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aloha. Wow. It has been a minute since I got to open a show that way. Here in Hawaii, we do Aloha Fridays. And as we head into the weekend, uh, Locked on Reds is embracing the local style tradition. If you're watching us on YouTube, you're going to see Jeff and I rocking our awesome Aloha shirts for this Aloha Friday. If you're on the audio feeds, thanks for being there and pop over to YouTube and check out our stylish looks today. All right, listen, the Reds drop the hammer and held people accountable for the abysmal 2022 baseball season they just completed. Problem is, it's all for show and it doesn't really accomplish very much at all. We'll break it down for you. And Nick Craw began to break down what his outline is, what the strategy is for 2023. And it's going to be, well, <laughs> it's something we're going to explain. We are also going to start to break down the roster of infielders and tell you the guys we think will be back in 2023. We've got all that and more on today's Locked on Reds right now. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms coming up here on today's episode we are going to dive into the moves that the reds made they fired some coaches but they didn't fire the one guy that everybody's been talking about he's still coming back he's got one more year on his deal in fact and we'll see exactly who they fired what it all means uh, not much and we're going to talk about some wonderful comments because once again nick crawl was candid on the plan for the future <sighs> candid on the plan for the future. And we are going to look at some guys who will be returning to the Red Zen field in 2023. That's all on today's episode. That's brought to you by bet online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online is where the game starts. And Steve, where we want to start today is with the moves that were made. The Reds moved on from a number of different coaches and none of them really are uh, skimming the, or, you know, really even starting to skim the surface here when we're talking about what led to uh, this loss. And, we, and we've said before uh, that this season is not on the coaching staff. It's not as if the coaches went out there and just completely put out the wrong lineups, the wrong pitchers, the wrong guys in wrong positions all of the time. They had to work with what they were given, and they weren't given very much. However, the Reds have chosen to move on from a number of different guys. And before we get into exactly who was uh, let go, did it move the needle at all for you? Well, there uh, of the coaches that were let go today, there's one that I think could could have an impact on what the Reds are or are not able to do in 2023. Uh, beyond that, the rest of it is... Uh, clearly a look, we did something type of maneuver. A bunch of these names, I would venture to say the casual 
Cincinnati Reds fan doesn't even know who they are. Couldn't pick them out of a lineup if they had to. Uh, So, no, this doesn't do very much of anything at all other than for when the Castellini image repair tour starts up here in a few weeks uh, for them to be able to say, we are making the changes necessary to blah, 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 blah. See, see, we're taking hardline stances on our staff. We're holding them accountable. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the number one guy that anyone is going to know is hitting coach Alan Zenter. He's not being brought back next year. He came onto this team in 2019. Whenever they fired the hitting coach back then, nobody knows his name. Alan Zenter. I think a few people at least know, but overall, like, again, this was a lineup that was going through a lot of, a lot of upheaval. You talk about a lot of starters who were on this team last year, who didn't even get to spring training with this team because they were just dealt for somebody. And then you have during the season, a couple of guys, the reds home run leader was traded in the middle of the year. The Reds second home run leader at the time was traded for a player renamed later from Boston. And the third home run leader was on the injured list for most of the year. And Joey Votto since then Kyle farmer took over. He had 14 home runs, things like that. But overall the hitting did underperform. So is this really something that I think we can lay at the feet of Alan Zenter? I think we kind of discussed that yesterday though. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, Alan Zinter's name came up a couple times when we did our, our live episode the other day, Jeff. And the, the fact of the matter is that Alan Zinter is probably the one position that can move the needle, especially with all of the, the young prospects that are going to be coming up throughout 2023. So, right. you know, you need a, you need a guy in that position that can relate to the young players that they're comfortable working with and can help to develop the organizational philosophies. Now, part of this could simply be something you've speculated about, which is that they're going to try and change the hitter's approach to move less away from just home run or nothing and to go back to the old way of, you know, hit it where they ain't. And, you know, you, you, know, you need a, a hitting coach that, that skill set lends to that. So maybe that's it. Uh, I think that's probably giving the Castellinis a lot of credit where it's probably not due, but you know, that's one, you know, one way you could look at it. I mean, you know, it's also possible that the biggest impact of changing the hitting coach and getting rid of Alan Zinter is that I'm going to have to rewrite the blue chew ad now. (laughs) Yeah. We're definitely going to have to move, uh, move on from what we had previously written. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it's really more about the talent on the field But I could definitely see, because the minor leagues were moving through a difference of plan for their hitters this season. Matt McClain talked to you about that quite a bit this uh, a couple of months ago. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that moves along. Another move that the Reds made, they moved on from first base coach and infield coach Delino DeShields. You may know that guy because you actually see him out on the field whenever the Reds are hitting. And I found this intriguing because Nick Crawl made a statement uh, regarding Delino DeShields' dismissal, and he said, our position players really struggled. Didn't hold back there. When you look across, and he doesn't hold back even more when he follows up, he says, when you look across whatever, outs above average, any advanced metrics, we were roughly last or second to last in infield defense, base running, and offense. Across the board, 
We need to get better in a lot of different areas. I don't think it's just one area here or there. I, I kind of love that he used those stats, but again, Delino to Shields, this is the main guy here. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> They I, I had just, guys named Motter playing third base, and you're right. going to hold Delino DeShields accountable for the fact that you had guys that didn't belong in AAA playing at the major league level. This move, more than anything else, screams we're doing something to do something to say we did something. This coaching staff was handed the island of misfit toys all season long. And and I don't know. I mean, look, I don't know how to say it any less countryfied bumpkin-ish, then you can only polish a turd so much. That is what this coaching staff was asked to do all season long. So no, this is not Delino DeShield's fault. Yes, those stats are true. Those stats are Nick Crawl's fault, but they're directly related back to the fact that the Castellinis didn't let this man do baseball things until the trade deadline. So so yeah, good for Nick Crawl being able to cite things that I'm a little shocked that he knows about outs above average, uh, advanced <laughs> metrics. But but no, this is not Delino DeShield's fault. No, and, and I don't look at that and say that, yes, that's what's going to fix this. What's going to fix this is calling up Ellie De La Cruz and maybe adding a couple other gloves in the infield. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily look at that at all. And I tell you, there, there were a couple of other guys, including the bullpen coach, but also the guy who was the director of uh, the training staff, the senior director of health and performance, were let go. And I, I, I find... Interesting, a couple of different things about the bullpen coach and about the senior director of training being let go that I think that we'll get into here just a minute. But I think this just continues to follow along, except for maybe the director of health and training that I think we're all just kind of spinning our wheels here, Steve, with these moves. It is. And do you want to dig into these guys now or do you want to um, head to break and come back? Let's talk about that in just a moment. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to talk more about the coaching staff, the changes, the impacts, if there are any, and uh, we'll try to read between the lines of all of it. Among uh, Nick Cross said a lot of things. He dropped a lot of quotes. He did a lot of things, and we're going to talk about what we like and what we don't coming up. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about betonline.net because they've got the World Series odds out, Jeff, and, uh, you know, we know the teams are in the playoffs now. I've been looking at it. You've been looking at it. Uh, where are you going to go, Jeff, with your <laughs> World Series pick? Where I'm going to go is a repeat, Steve. I, I believe that the Atlanta Braves have, have what it takes to go all the way again and be uh, just the first. Gosh, and I, I had this in my mind just a moment ago, and I totally blanked. But there's not been a whole lot of teams that have gone back-to-back. -back. I don't know if you know that. But – the Braves have what it takes to be one of them. They have a lineup that scores enough. They're not going to go crazy. They're not going to score a billion. They're not the best lineup in the playoffs. But I'll tell you what they got that's the best, the bullpen. Nobody has a better bullpen than the Braves. And when it comes to October, the best bullpen wins. Give me the Braves. And according to Bet Online, if you take the Braves, the odds of them winning the World Series are plus 475. Well, it's not a bad pick, and there's definitely a lot of talent in Atlanta. We talked about this yesterday. They're going to be very hard to beat in the playoffs for sure. Uh, I've been looking at this, and I part part pick making a pick with my head. Maybe a little bit of my heart is in this as well, but 
and, and, and make a note of this time Steph, Jeff, because we're going to want to maybe cut this out and send it over to our good friends at locked on Astros, because I'm going to talk a little bit about the Houston Astros. First off, do you know who the manager of the Houston Astros is? There, uh, Steve, I believe that was a uh, formerly Reds manager and Nationals manager as well, Dusty Baker. That is correct. And I think this is the year Dusty Baker wins himself a World Series ring. I am going I with like the Houston that. Astros at Bet Online has them at plus 425. I'm taking the Astros to win this series. Uh, first of all, it, I'll be exciting for them to win a World Series where they don't have to buy a championship ring for the trash can. Looking real <laughs> forward to that. Looking forward to them not having to give a ring to the audio guy in the back that's working all of the mics <laughs> and the earpieces. It'll be really nice for them to finally get a legitimate World Series championship. Looking forward to that. But more importantly, this is about Dusty Baker. I want Dusty Baker to take this team to the World Series. I want him to get a win. I want him to get a ring as the manager of the Houston Astros because I think probably there's not a lot of time left for Dusty Baker to be in the dugout. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the Astros were to win it, if Dusty would walk away and, and kind of hang his hat up, retire his cleats while his team was on top and he wins a ring. So that's where I'm going with that. Now, if you want to make your World Series picks. If you want to figure out what is the best move for you, you can head to betonline.net right now because betonline.net is your number one source for football betting, baseball betting, and every sport in between. You can find the latest on player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find out there. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for your up-to-the-minute sports wagering information. They've got live betting. They've got up-to-minute scores for every sport that is around. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the MLB, the MMA, boxing, golf, you name it, they've got it. Head to betonline.net right now using your computer or mobile device to learn more because at BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, coming up next week, we are going to continue to, to look through this roster, uh, looking at the outfield position, seeing who we think is on the roster and going to stay, who's going to go, who might be on the bubble. We're going to continue to start setting up the foundation for 2023 and the offseason that we are going to bring you. All right, Jeff, let's jump back into this Nick Crawl and coach firing conversation. Uh, we teased it a little bit there before we went into the break. Uh, let's jump back to the bullpen coach before we get into the, the training and health uh, aspect of this, but I thought it was kind of funny and it, and it directly ties back to, to a great question you asked after we talked about this. But when we're talking about pitching, they fired the bullpen coach show of hands. If you know who the bullpen coach is without looking, you're not without looking. Yeah, I'm not asking you. I'm asking the other <laughs> folks. But yeah, you know, so the bullpen coach is Lee Tunnel, and he no longer works for the Cincinnati Reds. And I don't understand why this is supposed to be meant to, to fix anything. Let's let's start with the quote from Nick Craw. We need to figure out how to cut those, both starting and bullpen. That's something that you don't want to give away free bases. He's talking about walks here, folks, especially in this park when contact can put the ball out of the park quickly. This is what Nick Cross said. He goes on to say, it is, it is an emphasis. We do want to get better in that area. Basically, he's saying it's a problem. We're walking people. We don't want to walk people. And we're going to hold the bullpen coach accountable for the fact that the Reds pitchers are walking guys. 
Let's talk about the bullpen coach for just a minute, Jeff, because, uh, you know, podcaster and former Reds prospect Carlos Guevara has thrown his name into the ring for being the next bullpen coach of the Cincinnati Reds. And, and, and this is what he had to say for the YouTube, uh, for the YouTube watchers. Here is a direct pull of his tweet that he sent out about this. He says, I should be the new bullpen coach. I can eat sunflower seeds with the best of them. I can flick pumpkin seeds into the upper deck and I can toss new baseballs to the pitchers with the quickness you need. Holla at your boy. That is pretty much the job description of the bullpen coach, Jeff. I don't, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, if you want to talk about how to hold somebody accountable for the pitchers not performing, doesn't that conversation start and end with Derek Johnson? Yeah. I, I just kind of figure Lee Tunnell is the guy that, you know, maybe Derek Johnson and him have a meeting every so often during the week or something to talk about an initiative that Derek Johnson came up with. And this is how Leeton, I was going to help him uh, run this initiative with the pitchers. And maybe they talk about stuff during bullpen sessions, but I can't imagine that Derek Johnson is not present during bullpen sessions. Like when I think about the hierarchy of what's going to affect a major league pitcher. Obviously his development coming up through the minor leagues is super important. His development before he was drafted was super important. His overall talent is super important and kind of what the, what the initiative of the major league pitching coach staff is, is probably pretty important, but probably less so than his actual development and talent. So bullpen coach is not even in that list that I just gave you. Like, I, I don't, this is another move that it's just like, see, we did stuff. Look at us. We did things. I don't yeah. think it does anything. No, this is another smoke and mirrors move. This is just another opportunity to say, you know, the smart baseball people out there are going to point at, this is a problem. Here's a problem. Walks are a problem. You know, Cam's got it down to an animation. Super simple. Walks will haunt. Right. It's it's just, it's clear. So now Nick Crawl can say, and we did something. And no, you really didn't. And if it's up to the bullpen coach for a guy to throw strikes, well, then he's way more important than I thought he was. Uh, <laughs> there was one other guy. And this guy, there's actually a discussion to be had about whether it is important that he was let go of. Uh, the director of health and training, uh, health and performance, Jeff Head, who spells his name differently from mine, uh, he did not have his contract renewed. So he wasn't necessarily fired. He's just not being brought back. And the quote that Nick Crawl had about that, he said, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to change the structure of our medical staff. We're looking at everything we can possibly do because we have to mitigate the number of injuries we had this year. Yeah, we can blame the lockout. We can blame whatever, but the fact is we had those injuries and we have to get less of them. It, this is an interesting move to me because I've been hearing for two seasons now from, from my sources inside the reds that there has been some, some you know, unhappiness, some downright uh, disgruntled people when it relates to, to the medical staff and how things have been handled and the strength of the conditioning and the training and all of these things. And while there was no real hard evidence you could point at. You could see a direct correlation between when the Reds changed a lot of the personnel in that department and when the injuries really upticked. And Nick Crawl's right here. I mean, you can point and say lockout, COVID season, delayed start, wonky spring training, 
there's a lot of things you can point at that that make it hard to say with certainty that this training staff and this medical staff was at fault for what has gone on. But there's enough doubt in my mind and there's been enough talk about it for two full seasons now that I do think this was the right move. I do think that it's probably in the Reds and the players' best interest that they make these changes, move into the offseason, get people healthy and see if, you know, if they come out next year and are completely healthy and and it's going to answer a lot of questions in my mind. I agree. And we've talked about it before, the strange handling of different players' injuries and how it seems like some players disappear for long periods of a time after, you know, the initial injury didn't seem that bad and vice versa. It seems like some guys like come back way too quick. I mean, we thought of Jonathan Indian, a couple of different in, 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 in whatever. I can't think of the Incid- word incidences, a couple incidences. of in- I can't say that word. Um, incidents, incidents. <clears throat> yes. That word is what I was thinking of, but, uh, so yeah, do we see a difference there? I, I've always said that I think that David Bell is far too, and it's almost impossible to really trust what he says about a given injury for a player because he's far too optimistic. And if he gives you a timeline where he says four to six weeks, he almost assumes that the guy's back in four weeks. I want that guy to be healthy when he's back. I don't care how quick he's back as long as he's 100% healthy. And I think that the question could be raised even from you and me just watching from the outside if that indeed was the case in a lot of these players' circumstances, and I don't think we have um, a good answer for that. No, I, I absolutely agree. And listen, as we segue into the to the next topic, Jeff, there's a couple other names out there. Assistant coach Rolando Valles. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real coach. And mm-hmm. maybe he worked for the Reds. I don't know. I'm sure he um, did maybe. lots of things. He must have done something. He doesn't work for the Reds anymore. Um, also, advanced scouting coach Christian Perez, which I think this is an interesting one too, not because I know anything about him or anything about what he did, but I, I'm looking at these firings through the lens of the front office being able to say, we identified areas and we did something about it. So mm-hmm. in firing a, a, an advanced scouting coach, you know, I would assume that this is a guy that's responsible for, you know, providing the players with information about the pitchers that they're going to be facing and providing the pitchers with uh, information on the hitters for the other team and getting prepped for the series ahead. And so I think that this will be a way for, uh, the front office to say, well, you know, we were overmatched clearly at times. And what we've done about that is we fired this guy you've never heard of who did things that we don't even know. And um, we're going to replace him with somebody else who will do them better. I, I, I do kind of feel like there were times where I'm previewing a different team and a different picture that the Reds are going to face. And I'm like, this is what's going to happen. And this is how the Reds will lose. And this is how the Reds will win. And at a lot of different instances, they did exactly what I said they would do in order to lose. So I I wonder if that's the case. Maybe they just didn't have the right information. But also, I think that based on who you're talking to when it comes to baseball players, advanced scouting means totally different things. I know it means a lot more now than it used to, but even still, players nowadays only use advanced scouting so much. It's not as Mm. if it is like in the NFL where it's like, we have film, we have film sessions where we sit down and we watch film. Like that's not the case in baseball. You know, I talked to both the minor league guys when I sat down with them last month, McLean and Spencer Steer, and they both, 
you know, said that they're valuable tools provided in the scouting, but that they try not to let it be the, the be all end all because it gets in their head and they can't go up into the batter's box trying to remember what they read on page 75 about what the pitcher is <laughs> going to throw. You know, it's like right. you eventually you just got to go up there and hit. So, so yeah, I totally hear what you're saying with that. And, and the players we've talked to have, you know, emphasized the same points. I totally agree. And, 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 you know, something, and we haven't even gotten into this and I cannot believe, I mean, we, we've talked this entire time that I think we both agree that the moves that were made aren't moves that are necessarily going to make the team marge, you know, that much better or worse, but I'll tell you this, Nick crawl said something along with his different comments about the coaches firings and things like that. He said something else that is going to have a lot of weight on next season neither me nor Steve really likes what he said. Uh, we'll get into what he said and, and why we hate it uh, coming up here next. But first, I wanted to let you know that you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If this is your first time watching us, thank you so much. Make sure that you're subscribed. You click the bell to get notified and uh, you join us every Friday for an Aloha Friday, but also make sure you're following us on Twitter. We have plenty of takes. We'll be watching the playoffs. I'm sure we'll have uh, some wonderful Reds lenses on as we watch these playoffs and try to figure out exactly who's going to win the World Series. But in between episodes, we have lots of stuff to say on Twitter at S. Offenbaker for Steve with two F's at Jeff Carr with three F's. Uh, you can follow me and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, Steve, we have definitely shifted the rundown quite a bit. We were going to be talking about something else. That's coming up Monday. We will talk about who is staying on this team in the infield coming up next week. Um, but we've got to talk about these comments because Nick Crawl said some things. And, and I keep thinking, I keep saying that I want Nick Crawl to be candid in his interviews. And I want him to be honest with us. Every time he is, it just bums me out, man. You know, you would think that uh, an organization valued at over a billion dollars would maybe bring in a, I don't know, media consultant, somebody to <laughs> help the guys that got to talk to the cameras, talk to the cameras. But yeah, he's very bad when it comes to that. Um, in as much as, you know, he's, he's very, you know, monotone and unexciting when he's in front of the camera. But at, at the same time, he probably goes back and, and plays his clips and thinks, man, I said way more than I probably should have. And, um, and this, this quote that you're about to read is no different. Yeah. And, and, you know, props to him for telling us what the team thought about different areas of the team and how they didn't like performances at the end of the day, I kind of think we've thought they we were going to say that. However, what he said here is distressing. Quote, we're going to come into 2023 in a similar place that we are at right now. Obviously, we're going to try to make some improvements to this team. I anticipate we're going to have, maybe not at the start, but a younger team as we go through the season next year and players develop. And here is the part of the quote that really just has me feeling some kind of way. We just need to keep developing them and be the best big leaguers they can. It's about development at the big league level. Steve, I don't know about you, but my first uh, reaction to that is 
Prepare for spring training 2023. It begins in February and ends on checks notes, uh, October 1st. You know, I look at that and I think that that whole long statement could be distilled down to Nick having looked at the camera and say, hope is our strategy. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I just, I just, I, and the other because thing that's, too. That's, that's really what he said, Jeff. Uh, he, you know, he wants to wait for the younger players to come along throughout the season and continue to develop them and, you know, get younger in that fashion and continue to develop. And basically that's saying what we hope is that our youngsters begin to make the major leagues in 2023. And we hope that they develop at a pace and we hope that they develop quickly enough that we can add them to the active roster throughout the 2023 season so that it is is our hope that everybody's on the roster and we hope to compete in 2024 where we hope to have some success. <laughs> hope, 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 hope. I, I do. I do find it interesting. He said, you know, this, this roster is going to be younger, but not at the start. So can we expect Colin Moran back next year? I really hope that's not the case, but I wouldn't be shocked. I do know that the guys who are going to make the biggest impact on this team probably aren't going to be in the future. Like the guys who are going to make this lineup playoff worthy, they're probably not going to be on the opening day roster in 2023. And I think that's what he was getting at. If I can really try and spin this in some optimistic way, but he still followed it up by saying at the big league level, it's about development. That is telling everyone who said, give me a reason to watch this team next year. It's not about winning. And I think you're not giving them a reason to watch this team next year. Yeah, you know, Great American Ballpark saw the fewest amount of fans in its history come through the turnstiles this season. And I would venture to say that unless some major things happen with these young prospects that that record probably is broken next season uh, before everybody's here in 2024 and things get better. Like we've been saying, but um, you know, they, they've teed things up, Jeff, you know, Ellie De La Cruz, I, I, I thinking back now where they didn't move him up to Louisville, I, I think was a, a long-term strategy so that, when we head into the season next year, they can say, well, you know, he hasn't been at the AAA level and we need to get him down to AAA. We're going to send him down there till May or June and buy that, you know, service time. We're going to, we're going to continue to wonder about Matt McClain too. Will they skip him over AAA or will they play the same game? Will he go to Louisville till he's ready to play center field? Sounds very senzelish and bring him up in May. You know, those are the kind of things I expect to see out of this front office next season where we start to see guys trickle in around, you know, Memorial Day. And the other part of it, you know, yeah, improvements will be made. That that sounds like what we've heard in the past where it's just like, yeah, if somebody knocks on our door and says we're going to play for free, then we'll add them to the active roster. Otherwise probably not going to make a huge play for them. So yeah, confirmed big name free agent at any position. Forget about it. It's not happening. And that's a bummer to say right now on October 7th, rather than we're looking at maybe going to spring training and saying, okay, well they didn't go out and get a big name free agent. We just know it's not going to happen right now. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to spin that Jeff. <laughs> 
just I don't wow. think there is. I just and, and need to go. I guess I just need to go to the 2023 calendar and find out when Modern Bobblehead Night is and make sure I get my <laughs> tickets for that. And other than that, I don't know what to tell you. And that bombshell is how we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us on this first Aloha Friday of the offseason for the Locked On Reds podcast. Coming up next week, we are going to dive into the players who will be here next year. There are some exciting guys to watch. It's just about who all is going to join them. That's where we're concerned. But there's plenty of exciting guys who will be on this roster next year who we got to see play in 2022. And we're going to break those down coming up next week. But now, go check out the Lockdown MLB podcast because MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. As we go through the playoffs, Sully's going to have you covered. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, right there where Locked On Reds is. Steve, you kind of didn't really have the most positive episode here today, but there's positive days ahead, I'm sure of it, because we're going to be talking about some dudes who are getting better, some dudes are going to make this team better, and we've got some guys going to be healthy next year for the Cincinnati Reds, allegedly. So what's that mean for you and me? That means you and I are going to continue to watch every single move that this team makes. We're going to break it down. We're going to call it like we see it. And we're going to tell you all about it because we are locked on reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.